The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon broadcasting from very, very sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. It's actually a beautiful summer day today. Today we have a really special show for you. We're going to be talking about weight loss. And I have one of those rare individuals, an MD who also is a hypnotist, which means he understands the power of the mind to help you with your health, with your weight loss. And I'm really excited about it. On the self-improvement blog today, you're going to find two lead articles. We always have two. One is called Mind Over Platter, It Really Does Matter by Dr. Deutsch, our today's guest. And it has a review of his new book, Calorie Wars, Fat, Fact, and Fiction. You can also see his picture. You can read his bio there. So take a look. It's always nice to know what our guest looks like and a little bit about him. You know, the, the self-improvement blog changes on a daily basis, so I invite you to, you know, visit every day. Stay a while, take a look. Some days you'll really love it, some days might not so much, but, you know, take a look, come and visit. Obesity is something we're hearing more and more about. It's an American epidemic. I think it's highly contagious. It's passed from one person to another on a plate, literally. You know, that plate's filled with greasy fast food, gooey, sugary food, excessive amounts of food, supersized, and is accompanied by a large, sugar-packed, soft drink, and we wonder why we're fat. We hear about it on an almost daily basis, and I know that all of you have seen those tapes of the camera trained on people's bellies and behinds as they walk down the sidewalk as they explain... Um, this epidemic that we're in. Weight loss has become something like a $40 billion industry and it's growing as rapidly as our waistlines. Don't you question how much these people really want you to lose weight? Now, while Dr. Larry has a weight loss book just out, he has an added plus. While most diets fail, he combines eating control with hypnosis or at least exercises to help you restructure your relationship with food, and that has to be done. It was exciting for me to find an MD who understands weight loss and who's also a hypnotist. I think it's an incredibly powerful combination. 
Dr. Larry Deutsch is a graduate of Cornell University and Dal- Dalhousie University's Medical School. He's a family physician and hypnotherapist with over 35 years of experience, so he knows what he's talking about. Having seen the powerful mind-body connection in action with hundreds of patients, he knows how important it is to tap into your body's health-sustaining resources through the mind and specializes in helping patients achieve optimum health. My only problem with Dr. Deutsch is that he isn't in Arizona. He's a leader in the area of hypnosis and medicine, is a frequent speaker on the role of hypnotherapy in health and medical medical seminars throughout the world. Together with Jeff Schweitzer, he authored the book Calorie Wars, Fat, Fact, and Fiction. And I am so delighted to welcome you, Dr. Larry Deutsch. Well, thank you so much, Irene. That was a wonderful introduction. It's well appreciated, and I'm very happy to be on your show. I have to tell the listeners that you're you're broadcasting with us today at the hospital. You just finished your rounds, and I think that I think that's special. And I want to thank you right up front for taking time. I know what a doctor's schedule is like. I've been in nursing most of my life, um, and I know that sometimes your days are grueling. So. Thank you so much. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself. What led you to become a physician in the first place, and how did you get interested in using hypnosis as a treatment modality? Well, as I tell my patients, um, life is filled with twists and turns and detours, and that's characterized my life. As a young man, I was... um, interested in engineering. I was a radio ham, and I liked electronics. And um, I went to Cornell to become an electrical engineer. And uh, along the way, I got a job as a ship's officer. I traveled around the world as a vacation relief radio officer, and um, I enjoyed drama at Cornell, and uh, everything seemed pretty cool. And then I worked for McClett Labs on weapons systems uh, with some small amount of pride. If you remember the green scopes you see in the, in the crime shows where they have night vision goggles? Yes. I worked on a production team for the sniper scope for the M1 rifle in Vietnam. Oh. That was back in 19... Um, I was a young lad, and that was back around 1965, 66. And so when it came time to make a career decision, given that the war was on, um, I decided that I really didn't want to build weapons. It wasn't my interest. I was uh, primarily interested in um, in building equipment to people. Things like artificial sight interested me, and um, a man came to Cornell who was uh, William Great Botch and talked to all the seniors and Mr. Greatbach uh, was the inventor of the Medtronic pacemaker and inventor of, and, and chief, chief executive officer and founder of Medtronics. And he gave the most inspiring talk to the seniors I've ever heard about the sheer joy he experienced creating these devices for patients and how fascinating it was. And I was convinced that I wanted to be a biomedical engineer. So I had an opportunity to go to Dalhousie Medical School, and um, 
my other path in life, I, I, from childhood, I wanted to be an astronaut. So <laughs> I got my pilot's license and got ready to apply to NASA, but didn't have any places. And also, I went to Dalhousie and enjoyed it and um, decided to go into family medicine. And um, my first wife was also a doctor, and I wanted to go to California, but she was afraid of earthquakes. And so, um, wise we woman. Back. <laughs> she we practiced in New Hampshire. We came back to um, to her, her where she was comfortable, which was Ottawa, where I am now. And we started a family practice of now almost forty years in duration. And then what happened is really quite ironic. Um, I was always interested in obstetrics, so I, I enjoyed doing it at at Dalhousie. And I, as a young family doctor, I did it in Canada. And one day, this flyer came across my desk um, about hypnosis. And I called my wife at the time that uh, I've never been to Toronto. Here's a chance to go to Toronto. <laughs> so uh, off we went. And I took a hypnosis course. And uh, I started applying it to um, obstetrics. And I'm very, very proud of my work in natural birthing. It really helped my patients who wanted to do natural birthing. And I still help patients. So... I got a lot of pride out of that, and really, that's how it all started. That's, and then I got, that's... Kind of in, I got kind of entrenched doing family practice and hypnosis, and that's how it began. How and that, believe it or not, was 40 years ago. How do you find time in a busy practice to work with a patient in hypnosis? You know, a lot of doctors won't even consider it because of the time factor. Well, first of all, to be blunt, you got to be less concerned with money and more concerned with patient care because oh, the medical system is rewards rewards procedures like cataract surgery or setting bones or uh, fixing dislocated sh- shoulders, but it doesn't really reward counseling at all. So uh, doctors have high overheads often shy away from it. But you know something interesting? Um, when I started hypnosis... Uh, Almost 40 years ago, all my referrals came from patients and word of mouth. No referrals came from doctors. No. Well, it's almost 40 years later, and 100% of my referrals come from doctors. Oh, that's and interesting. That's quite amazing to me. Like that's say, wonderful. Would you help this patient with smoking or weight or anxiety? So what I did is I slowly divided my practice into half-time family practice, and half-time hypnosis. That kind of worked for me. And um, the other thing I'd like to tell your listeners is something that I, I really feel with. I struggled with weight for a long time myself. I really did. I was very heavy. And one day I said to myself, Larry, you're a very bright man. You're an engineer. Can't you figure this out? And so I really researched and thought, what are the essential elements of weight loss? What do you need to do? And I worked on myself first, to be quite honest. So is that and, what uh, inspired you to become involved in, in weight loss? Your so when, I was, when I was fat and people would come to see me to lose weight, I felt like a hypocrite. I felt, how can you tell them to lose weight when you can't lose weight yourself? If you can't lead by example, then really you are not a good doctor. And so that was part of it. It was fraud. I said, you're uncomfortable doing weight loss work with patients because you yourself are very sad. So I, I thought about it for a long time. Now, I'll tell you a funny story. 
I did some self-hypnosis. This is in my first marriage. And I told myself, halfway through your meal, you will feel very full and satisfied and push the other half away. And in those years, both my wife and I were busy doctors, and we were eating out a lot. And she was slim. She was slim and gorgeous. I'll give that to her, and I was heavy. And I would wind up eating my meal and her meal. And then after, after I did this self-hypnosis, she got mad at me. She said, you're not eating anymore. You quit halfway through your meal. <laughs> you know, you're not it, eating enough. It and was so working. Then, it was working. <laughs> it was working. So then I started really um, trying to help people and trying to devise an approach that was useful. Um, what I found about hypnosis, which is its most powerful attribute, is an extremely powerful amplifier of counseling, provided, number one, the patient is motivated to gain the outcome of the counseling. Yes. If you're really motivated to lose weight, that's an essential element. If you're not highly motivated, it probably won't work. And the second element is that you have to trust and be engaged with the person doing your hypnosis. There has to be a very powerful connection because that connection is the fuel. You need that. And the third thing is you need to be hypnotizable. Now, the general public thinks that only a few people are hypnotizable and only stupid and gullible people are hypnotizable. <laughs> that is completely untrue. Clearly, about 8 out of 10 people who choose to engage in a hypnotic event can gain a benefit. The extent to which they gain a benefit boils down to three variables. This is, are they motivated? Do they trust me or their hypnotist? Are they hypnotizable? Now, the thing that I found in my life, because I was trained as an engineer first, I like to fix problems, and I like to have a structure and like a plan and a blueprint. And that's been very helpful. I still lecture about the medical algorithm. The medical algorithm is very straightforward. When you see your doctor, he should, first of all, use his expertise to make the correct diagnosis. That's step one of the algorithm. He, um, he went to medical school for that. He's smart, usually. You can't get to medical school if you're not smart. And they train him all the time to do that. So you can, you can do that. Now, the second step of the algorithm is prescribe the right treatment. Now, that takes experience, knowledge, insight, and some understanding of all the options available. Many doctors are good at that. Some are not. The third element is what I call is missing now. I call it be a doctor. You see, I'm an old-time family doctor. I listen to my patients, I talk to them, I care about them, I pay attention to them. I'm not Dr. Digital. I don't sit there in, my, in front of my computer. I look them in the eye. And I lecture, actually, to young doctors about engaging patients. If you can master those three things, you will be a fantastic doctor. And the same thing applies in hypnosis. You have to gain the patient's trust, get them to listen, and engage them. And I, I, I'm very proud of my work. I've been very successful in doing that. 
And, and I think that you should be proud of it. It's time for us to go to break, Dr. Deutsch. When we come back, I want to talk more about your book and the work that you do. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Larry Deutsch, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Are you looking to improve your personal or professional branding? What about your business? We've got a program that will help streamline your image management. Tune in to Marketing Matters, hosted by Yasmeen Anderson-Smith. Your business and public image is important to your customers' perceptions. And in this day and age, how you market yourself or your company can make the difference between running a successful business and shutting it down. Marketing Matters can be heard every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on World Talk Radio Variety. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Larry Deutsch. We're talking about weight loss. He has a wonderful new book out uh, about it, um, but want to talk a little bit more about um, what he does in his medical practice. You have four simple rules to weight loss, uh, and I assume that you got this all figured out with your own weight loss program. Tell us about those rules. Yes, I did. I was explaining. I originally, originally tried this program on myself. As an engineer, I think it boils down to, to um, dedicating your life to becoming comfortable with doing four things, four simple rules. First rule is eat less. Don't starve yourself, but understand nothing bad will happen to you if you could eat 10% less. <laughs> nothing bad table, will happen. If you can leave the table with a slightly, a slightly, with a feeling that you could slightly eat a bit more, but you choose not to and you practice that, then you can look forward to the next meal. So teaching Americans, North Americans, to eat less is important. We all know in every basic scientific fair assessment of the obesity problem, our portion sizes are too long. Think back when you were a kid, you went to McDonald's, it was 15 cents or 25 cents for one tiny burger on one bun, and that was it. 
That was now it. Now you go to McDonald's, you get these huge, monstrous burgers, and you see people eating them. And the That's small gone. drink was small. And the small drink was small. And we didn't live our lives as children drinking sugar drinks every day. In my childhood, the biggest treat was my father took me to Morrison's Cafeteria in Florida. And my treat was to have a small Coke. <laughs> that was yes. Treat. Oh, I totally understand that. We didn't have them either. Yeah. So the, the next rule is um, choose well what you eat. Now, unfortunately, the public is incredibly confused about what choosing well means. Some people think it means no carbs, high carbs, low carbs, upside down carbs, bad carbs, good carbs, and the public really got bamboozled by that. Yeah, but that what is bad, absolute nonsense. What's a bad carb today? Maybe what they tell you to eat tomorrow. How, how do you Correct. know? Correct. So you have to learn to eat basic food again, not processed food. If it comes from a plant, as Jonathan Pollan says in his book, you can eat it. No, sorry, if it, if it's if it is a plant, you can eat it. So your fruits and your vegetables and uh, simple plain foods, and you avoid all these processed foods, junk foods. Choose well what you eat. It's that simple. Now, the third rule is the active. Our lives are characterized now by inactivity. We spend hours on computers, Facebook, Twitter, we have a digital world, and people will often, the average American, for example, watches 27 hours of television per week. Imagine that. Wow. Now, let's, let's, let's parse that down. Every hour of TV that you watch, it's 45 minutes of programming, often 44, and 16 minutes of commercials. In those commercials, you are enticed to eat all kinds of foods. None of them healthy. French fries, hamburgers. And then you're also enticed by the way lots of you to take this program. So that's one disadvantage. You're really being brainwashed without realizing it. Now, if you look at 27 hours a week in front of the TV screen, you could probably add another, I would estimate, 12 to 15 in front of the screen. People come home, they have a beer, they do video games. Uh, people go on Twitter, Facebook. And so we have a very sedentary society. You have to reverse that. You have to learn to be active. Do things you like every day that keep you active. Now, the third rule is that we have to eat less, choose well, be active. The, the fourth rule is really a critical one because I'm in my patient work. I have come to realize that you need to restructure your relationship with food. Because food is often more than nutrition for many people. It's escape, it's pleasure, it's uh, release um, from stress. And, you know, in our society, there are three common ways of coping with stress. Smoking, drinking, and eating. So if all you do is overeat, you're, only, you're not so bad. I mean, I see patients who drink themselves every day they come home and have a double martini because they can't cope with stress. I've seen patients who learn to smoke to cope with stress. So we have in our society what you call a lot of maladaptive behaviors dedicated to coping with our lives. And so you need to think about that. How can I cope with my dramas in life without using food as a fab? 
And if you can start to master that, you're going to be really surprised at how your weight will slowly fall and how much better you'll feel about yourself. And uh, you can not be a sucker to this $40 billion nonsense weight loss industry, which infuriates me. Yeah. You say in your book, eat well, eat less, and exercise. Anything else is a scam. You, you know, that's up? absolutely correct. I, I was very pleased to have met Je- Jeff Schweitzer by accident. Um, he's a great thinker, and he's looked um, beyond Cosmic Dice, I found interesting. He's a biologist and a science advisor, and we just hit it off. And one day I was talking to him, I said, Jeff, I know that on your Huffington Post blog, you wrote a piece about why Americans are fat. And it was rejected because you're not a doctor. I said, why don't we get together and write a book as a, a doctor and a biologist, and we'll both gain a benefit and we'll educate the public. And so we did. That's how the book came out. And we had a lot of fun doing it. We kept it short because people's time commitments are limited. And we wanted to stick to the basic facts. And uh, we're proud of our book, and that's how it came out. Now, one of the things that you say in the book is that the type of food you eat doesn't matter in terms of weight loss. You know, it does in terms of your health. Um, yeah, talk so I'd, about I'd like that a little bit. To... You know, if I just eat fudge, well, I won't get very much because, you know, it probably counts a lot. But if I yeah. just eat my favorite thing, how much can I eat? How do I know when to stop? You know, well, I, I have favorite things. I, I have a penchant for milkshakes. I grew up on chocolate milkshakes and hamburgers. And <laughs> the big joy in my life was my father bought, brought home for the four kids a Hamilton blender. You know those silver blenders? Oh, I do. We had one. And we went wild making milkshakes all the time. So I have it. But what I do is, I only drink Hampton milkshake. I have to dismiss, okay, you want a treat? Go have your milkshake, but have a small portion. That takes discipline. You have to work at that. But once you master it, it's not so hard. Um, what do we want to explain to the public is that in spite of all the hype about fat-burning foods and these, these foods are bad, a calorie is a calorie, which means if you consume a 1,000 calories of fudge per day, and you burn 500 calories, and you burn 1,500 calories through your activities, you will lose weight. And you won't be healthy because you're only be eating fudge. And you'll probably be tempted to eat other things because the fudge won't satisfy you. If you eat a 1,000 um, calories of broccoli, and burn broccoli. you'll still lose weight. So the first thing is a calorie is a calorie is a calorie. And this is really nonsense that's been promoted by the uh, Atkins seed well, there's good calories and bad carbs. And it's nonsense. It's absolute biological nonsense. How do you but know? It, well, it became popular. It became popular. And it became popular because of the work of Atkins and, and probably Gary Taub, who wrote Good Calories, Bad Calories, the science writer for the New York Times. And people tend to believe science journalists, and you shouldn't do that. You should always be skeptical, and just because someone's a science journalist, they're not doctors, they've never seen a weight loss patient, and I find it a little bit um, upsetting. Uh, I'm an opinionated guy, and I will stick to my uh, guns here, calories to calorie, and uh, in the review of our book, it was reviewed by very high-level 
by David Katz, the head of Prevention Research Center at Yale, who doesn't even know us. And he said it was an excellent book, and his endorsement meant a lot to me. Here's a guy who's a leader in the field, head of the prevention research, and involved in treating obesity. So calories are calories. Um, what you have to learn is to eat calories that fill you up and give you good health. And there's, so hard, there's the rub, yeah. It's not so hard that it takes not listening to the siren call of all these shows that you see, which are absolute nonsense. But the reason they're, they're so popular is they make so much money. You mentioned it. It's a $40 billion industry, period. And, now, uh, why would an industry making $40 billion really want you to lose weight? I mean, if you lose weight, their revenue is going to go down. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you know, let, yeah, and another, another funny thing is when you watch, you know, I used to watch a lot of infomercials for fun, like pseudo doctors and, you know, eat all the eggs and bacon you want and take this fat-burning supplement. It's irritating to me. And yet, because the FDA, it's a supplement, it's not controlled. So in Big Pharma, which I'm not a fan of, were to say, this drug will grow hair on your head when you're bald, Okay. They would have to pass FDA regulations to prove their case. That's why they haven't done it. But if they made a supplement, this supplement will go hair on your bald head. The supplement itself is not subject to FDA regulation. That's why you see all these nonsense uh, supplements. And some of them turned out to be dangerous because people think, oh, it's just a supplement, it's natural. For some patients on submeds, some medications, adding these supplements is dangerous. So um, I'll stick to my guns, the calories, calories, and uh, people should follow the four simple rules. Read the book. I gave the book to my seven-year-old neighbor who was complaining to me all the time. I said, look, I like you very much. You've helped me. I read my book, and she came back to lost four pounds, and she was very happy. She Most was how old? Seventy years old. No, 80, 80, 80 years old. Fantastic. She told, me, she told me, find me a boyfriend. I wanted you to find me a boyfriend <laughs> for one of your colleagues. I said, well, On that note, go I ahead. said, Matt is one of my few skills that I'm going to try. Very lovely lady. On that note, it's time for us to take another break. This is Irene Conlon with Dr. Larry Deutsch saying, please stay tuned. We're going to talk more about calorie wars when we come back. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on voiceamericakids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. 
Step Up to the Microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Larry Deutsch. We've been talking about uh, his, his book, Calorie Wars, Fat, Fact, and Fiction. You've got to love that title. We've been talking about doesn't matter what you eat um, as long as you don't eat or consume too many calories. We're going to talk about that a little bit more, but I want to ask Dr. Deutsch first to tell the listeners how they can find him. How do they find your website? How do they reach you if they need to? Uh, tell us a little bit about your tapes that are available. Well, thank you very much. Um, when I started practice, I was basically working with patients, my own patients, and then as an experiment, I decided to see if I could help people at a distance by these tapes and it was really a hobby it started that way and I was an engineer so I liked computers and I got on the World Wide Web in the time when I would tell my patients I'm on the World Wide Web and they would say what's the web that was a <laughs> long time ago yes and it turned out to be successful so eventually it morphed into drlarry.com my present website so it's www.com drlarry.com and there are lots of materials there on cancer care anxiety weight and smoking you just click on it and you can you can try the files out if you like them you can you can buy them and they're all money back guarantee and I'm I'm proud to tell you like yeah. this website's been up for 20 years I think I got one or two requests for a refund most people like the materials and occasionally I get very lovely letters from people who appreciate. Well, uh, let me tell you, as a, as a hypnotherapist myself, I've you know, practiced hypnotherapy for something like 15 years after I got a little old for nursing. Um, loved it. I think it's just an incredibly powerful modality to help change behavior. I've listened to a lot of weight loss tapes, and these are among some of the best I've heard. He covers all the bases and he doesn't take a long time to do it. Most of the tapes are around 10 minutes or the, the, the session is 10 minutes. One is a little over 18. Anybody has 18 or 19 minutes a day to spend on their good health. So I really would encourage you to take a look at Dr. Larry Deutsch's weight loss tapes. They're called uh, transfer um, uh, give, give me transform yourself. Transform yourself, 
and you can find them in a couple places on his website. So I really encourage you to to take a listen to. They're not so expensive. They're they're just and they're just good. You know, they're just good. Take it from me. <laughs> they're good, and they will help you. Um, they truly will help you. Now, back to the subject at hand. How do we know? How many calories we should be consuming a day? How do you as a doctor tell? How can I, on my own, figure it out? Well, actually, it's quite simple. In the book, we mention that there are guidelines based on your weight, your gender, and your activity. And uh, it's all in the book. But you could actually go on the web and key up, like, BMI and get a rough idea. Like an active man who's very active, maybe 2,200 calories a day. An inactive woman, women don't need as many calories as men, maybe 1,500, 1,600. Now, there are two points I want to make here very quickly. The public is confused. They think it has to be in 24 hours. In our book, we say, you know, what matters? The meter starts ticking at, say, Monday. It's the total caloric intake for the time period you suggest. So let's say you decide, I'm going to count my calories for a week. So that means one day you fall off the wagon, you go to Aunt Polly's party, you have two beers, hamburgers, cheeseburgers, chocolate towel, ice cream, you feel guilty. Tell yourself, (laughs) for the rest of the week, I'm going to restrict my calories. And you will still lose weight, still lose weight, if your total weekly caloric intake is less than your weekly caloric burn. So um, that's one important. The other thing I wanted to mention is the nature of suggestion, whether it's hypnotic suggestion or just ordinary suggestion, is that all suggestion requires reinforcement. When you have a, a child you want to teach you to make the bed, and you say, that's the best bed I've ever seen. Wow, can you make your bed? If you only say that once, you'll probably get him to make his bed for a couple of days. But if every time he makes a good bed, you say, wow, you are great, makes a difference. That's why these files, you need to keep them in your mind. Ten minutes a day, review them, decide what your priorities are, and it'll get easier and easier and easier to do that. So those are some of my comments. The other thing that I find is a real strength in your book is in the back you have listed websites that allow people to track their caloric intake for free. Yes, absolutely. Many people have iPhones and all kinds of devices. And um, and so we try to make it easy for them. And actually, some of those tips came from one of my patients who's very techno-minded. Um, I see enough iPhones and screens. At the end of the day, I'm not too interested in technology. But he's, like many people, fascinated by the smartphones and all the things you can do with them. He put this program on and tells him what he's eating, how much calories it is. and It's all listed in the, um, in the book, different resources that you can use to keep you on track. And um, once again, it's really not hard, but it's a matter of walking to the tune of a different drum and finding discipline in your life. And you don't have to be perfect. 
But it's important to have discipline, no matter what you do. If you're a bus driver, a truck driver, a waitress, it's important to have discipline in your life and, and relax. Maybe in our society we're missing that point. And, and the other point I really want to emphasize is the emotional part, part of it is very important. Restructuring your relationship with food. And we mentioned that in the book also. Uh, do you do you find that people who can't go to someone like you, who understands weight loss, who can do hypnosis, can they, with your tapes, accomplish a great deal of the same work that you do in your office? It's not the yeah, same. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to add something. I, I'm actually getting along in the tooth, as the expression is. <laughs> I like to travel, and I enjoy doing seminars and. Anyone who wants to come to um, me to come to their city, I really love travel, and I can come and do a seminar, and they can contact me. And seminars are all three hours, six hours, depending on what, what the person wants, and I generally work with patients and talk about my programs. And I have a great time meeting people. I like people. I really do enjoy people, and I like to travel. So I've done seminars in New York, California different places. And I would like, as I get older, to do more of this kind of education hypnosis and less family practice. Not that I don't like family practice, but I'm getting older, and as you know, family practice is very, very um, uh, stressed. You know, it just takes a lot of energy, and as you age, you don't have quite as much energy as when you were a young lad. I mean, oh, I totally I agree. Young, I delivered babies and did all kinds of things. I can't do that now. Well, as we get older, sometimes we don't have to, and that's a good thing. But I would think that it would could be very powerful for you to give seminars in, in places and spread the word about the kind of work that can be available to people. Now, I'd we're happy to do that, Jerry. Just taking a couple of <laughs> Maybe we can get you to Phoenix in August or something. No, uh, no, maybe we should think about January or February. Oh, wait, there's a lot of snow on the ground up here and I'm cold. (laughs) Another thing that you say in your book that it doesn't matter when you eat, and a lot of the weight loss programs say, oh, don't eat anything after 6 o'clock, or, you know, know, one of the sayings is eat uh, the breakfast of a a king, eat the lunch of a, I don't know what, and a dinner of a pauper. Right. Uh, what well, do you, you think know, about that? Well, that's generally true, but one size doesn't fit all. Um, yes, it's generally true, based on the studies, that people who eat a good breakfast have a better time of weight control. But you said it yourself. This is not a one-size-fits-all. No. And it really doesn't matter. If you absolutely hate breakfast and you don't want to eat much breakfast, if you're French, for example, in Paris, you get up, you have your hot croissant with butter and jam and your coffee. But when you go to France, watch the Parisians. That's a very small croissant. It's yes. like half the size of an American croissant. And it's a very small piece of jam. So they eat small portions. Americans go to Paris and say, where's the food here? I spent all this money and I got all these small portions. It's just a different food culture. And that's probably one of our problems. Our food culture is extremely unhealthy. So one size doesn't fit all, and uh, those are good general rules, and uh, people should try them out and see if they work for them, but if they don't, they shouldn't feel frustration. 
I think that's wonderful advice. Try it out, and if it doesn't work, move on to the next idea. But but the ideas in Dr. Larry's book are very solid, yeah, and I, I I would have to say I stand behind this book, you know, a hundred percent. Well, thank you. The book's available directly from the website. If, if people are interested, it's not expensive. I think it's uh, six dollars. I can't remember, but it's not it's not an expensive book. No, we kept it short and cheap. You can get it. So it provides service to a lot of people. It's also available at Amazon.com. And you can get it off the self-improvement blog. I put that on today, so you can order it there. It's it's not it's not one of these books that is going to have you sit down with a calculator and spend hours and hours designing diets. Um, oh, you can do that correct. if you want to. <laughs> I think if you use the book in combination with a CD, your success rate will be quite high. I, I know it. I know it's true. People who are motivated and who engage me and feel comfortable with me and make an effort, if they use the look and see, they almost all do well. It's very rare that they don't do well. Now, the other thing to tell you is that the big lie here is that everyone can look and have it all work for women, for example. The big lie is everyone can look and have a body like Jennifer Aniston, lovely woman. But that's not the truth. People come in all shapes and sizes and figures. And uh, you got to stop this quest for perfection and decide, I want to be in a healthy way for me, because genetics does play a role, and that's just all there is to it. And so that's, one of my, that's one of my soapboxes. Dr. Deutsch, it's time for us to take another break. When we come back, I want to talk about why some people stay thin and some don't. This is Irene Conlon with the Self-Improvement Show. My guest, Dr. Larry Deutsch, saying, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune into Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Larry Deutsch. We've been talking about weight loss. Um, He has a wonderful new book that you need to take a look at called Weight Wars, Fat, Fact, and Fiction. You can get it at Amazon. You can get it on the Self-Improvement blog, or you can get it at drlarry.com. Yeah, it's called, uh, Irene, it's called Calorie Wars. Calorie Wars. I'm sorry. Calorie, calorie Wars. I sometimes get things in my head crooked. You know what? No, you might not know what that's like. Oh, <laughs> I do. It's a senior <laughs> moment. We call it yeah. a senior moment. Yeah. My, no my burning question is, how is it that some people can eat so much and stay sl- slender and some people can gain weight no matter what they eat? Yeah, the question is, um, uh, one minute past the lips, forever on the hips for some people. <laughs> yes. But let me explain that mentioned in the book. Um, the human being as an animal is constantly uh, balancing two factors. One is satiety. I'm full and I can eat no more. And the other is hunger. I'm hungry and I have to eat. So as animals, we have many biochemical systems to balance these two opposing forces. The body consists of many uh, yin and yang type functions. Your blood pressure is controlled in part by your parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest and relax and lay back. And your sympathetic system, which is run, get your blood pressure up, kill a lion that's trying to kill you. So there's always a balance. And these um, are genetic wirings that we have. So some people are wired to reach satiety fast, and some people are wired to more on the hunger side. And most of this is genetic. It's extremely complicated, and uh, it's just kind of the facts of life. Some people are born skinny and some people are born heavier. Now, my, you know, some of my friends say, well, when the, when the nuclear war hits, uh, I'm going to be a survivor because I've got all this extra fuel on board, and these skinny people, you're going to pass away. Uh, should we ever have a nuclear tragedy on the planet, the bugs will survive us, the viruses will survive because they're very hardy. But, you know, bottom line is genetics plays a role in um, just some people, like, look, look at Jane Fonda, look at Henry Fonda, look at the movie stars, they all come from some people, look at Peter Fonda. Um, interestingly, as people age, they all gain weight because their caloric needs decrease and they keep being the same amount. Look at Arnold, handsome Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, uh, look at the prize fighters who always gain weight, the football players. They're used to eating like 4,000 calories a day, and they retire, and they, and they try to keep doing this. But so genetics plays a role. You have to accept that. Uh, but you can be a healthy person, enjoy your body, and not expect to be perfect. And it's a real tragedy that we have this 
image, and I really feel for women, they think they have to... Women are essentially very... To me, as a man, they're all attractive. Some, of course, are more attractive than others, but... <laughs> but, um, but this desire to be this perfect body it becomes obsessional. Well, like it's, it's, even, it's even worse than that when they trot the little tiny models out in front of us and say, if you don't wear a size zero, you're fat. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's, it's quite, it's quite um, unfortunate. And um, once again, you've got to start, as far as I'm concerned, for the general public. You have to sit down with yourself and think, well, what do I really want? Not what does the advertising industry want for me? You know, the funny thing is when you watch an infomercial, that beautiful girl on the extra cycle or whatever they have, she doesn't need to be on it. She's a professional model. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. She and, and some of the beauties in newspapers have been photoshopped. Absolutely. So, you know, we need to look like we're supposed to look. You know, that, that's a real soapbox of mine. I feel very strongly about that. Um well, so it's, why, but it doesn't mean that you should allow yourself to get super fat or get unhealthy. So some people say, well, I'm fat, accept me, and I don't buy into that. It's not, and they say it's a, a feminist issue. That's nonsense. It's a health issue. It's a health it's issue. Not about, it's not about your character. It's about your health. If you want to avoid diabetes, stroke, heart attack, osteoarthritis, you should pay attention to your waistline. Because all medical science has proven over and over again that if you pay attention to your waistline, you decrease your risk of these chronic illnesses, which are just making people miserable and bankrupting our health care system. Absolutely. One quick question. Um, you touch on it on your sixth tape. Is women have to face the issue, if I lose all this weight, then what? Am I going to be safe? Am I going to be okay? How do I deal with this? And I wanted to make that point about your tapes. Did, did you have anything to, to add to that? I think it's such a I, bad I find I find that maybe um, one quarter to one fifth, it's not a lot, let's say it's a quarter, of women who have weight issues really have been traumatized in some way in which they find that when they lose weight, they get too much attention from men, and it makes them uncomfortable. So the weight, in effect, becomes a defense against their inability to handle attention from men. And in this last tape, there was this woman, and she started at 250, and she went to 175, and she was beautiful. The patients say, who's that beautiful woman in your waiting room? I want to know when she's coming so I could get an appointment. And she had huge problems. She um, she felt guilty that she was in, that men were interested in her, and she had trouble with her husband, and she found an old boyfriend that she always loved, and she was afraid to approach him. Because wow. She so, yeah, you, these are sometimes women's issues, and we have to respect that and try to engage them in such a way that they can cope with these stressors without using fat as a defense. Fat is a poor defense against unwanted sexual advance because it makes you unhealthy. Yeah, it's like and it's a poor comfort as well. It's a poor comfort, yeah. Dr. Deutsch, we're right up to the end of the show. What's the last thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Well, I hope people will give my program a try. I'm very proud of it. It's taken 40 years to develop it. Um, I'm getting long in the tooth, and my legacy, I hope, will be to 
I'll leave some of this useful information for the ordinary Joe. You know, if you're a rich person, you get a personal trainer, you get a dietitian, you get a chauffeur, you get a cook, all that stuff. Most people don't have those options in life. This is to help my types of patients who are just from all walks of life. And um, once again, I'm very proud of my work and my legacy, and I'd, I'd like to see it um, uh, accepted and move forward. And, and uh, to finish off, you, you, it is marching to the tune of a different drum, and I've, I've really done that all my life, so it's easy for me. I hope other people will give me a chance to help them. Fantastic. The book is Calorie Wars, Fat, Fat, uh, Fat, Fact, and Fiction. And his website is drlarry.com. I encourage all of you to visit both of them. Next week's guest is Gary Spinell. We'll be talking about his new book, Beyond Intent, Crossing the Threshold to Your Dreams. Dr. Deutsch, it's been so wonderful having you with us. I think everyone who heard this is able to profit from what they heard from you today. Well, thank you again, and good luck to you. Thank you so much. This is Irene Conlon and my guest, Dr. Larry Deutsch, saying thank you for being with us today. And I invite you to come back next week as we talk to, to Gary Spinell. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.